The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Accident Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Accident Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Accident Mortgage. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Accunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Good morning and welcome to the last edition of the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show for July. Not the last ever. Did I have you worried there, David? Yeah, for a second? Like, like, what? Big announcement. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm Brian Wickert, the uh, owner and president of Accident Mortgage and Accident Realty Advisors, along with David Wickert, our chief client experience officer at the mortgage company. If you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is toll-free, 855-616-1620. All right. We're going to mow through some headlines here, and as you know, is I think our job to kind of interpret what people hear and in the news or from their neighbors and tell you what it really means. So the number one headline I want to start with this week was from Freddie Mac and the weekly mortgage rate survey. Mortgage rates rise for the first time in weeks. Party's over. Everybody Party's over. pack up and go home. The yeah. Freddie Mac weekly interest rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage skyrocketed to 3.01%. If you were willing to pay eight-tenths of a point in lender fees or points, that was reported on Thursday, and that was up from the prior week when it was 2.98. A 1% rise. Yes, if you want to look at it that way. But I prefer to say it as three one-hundredths of a percent higher. I'm Literally no change. Headlines are what you make them. That's right, and we got some more to go through. But, uh, but do note that the lender fees... So this doesn't include the appraisal or the title or the credit report. This is what is the lender charging you to get that rate did rise from $1,750 uh, the week earlier. On a $250,000 loan. $250,000 loan amount. And now this week rose to $2,000. So, man, wait a minute. My rate went up a little bit, and so did my closing costs. Um, by the way, in Wisconsin, your typical um, appraisal, Four hundred seventy-five dollars credit report, forty-five bucks. Um, title and closing, less than four hundred bucks. Some the grand total is one thousand two hundred thirty-four. So uh, of of fees not going into the lender to pocket. construct the new mortgage. That's correct. So if you add that to the um, eight tenths of a point on a two hundred fifty thousand dollars loan, you're looking at three thousand two hundred thirty-four dollars. David, where did we end the week on Friday? So uh, 2.99%. Wow, under the Freddie Mac average. With just the regular closing costs, as you noted, of 1234 one, two, three, $1,234. $1, APR is so 3.02. Again, living up to our advertising that uh, you are, for the same rate, or actually in this case a little lower. We can do better than the headline. We're saving you 2000 bucks. Yeah. All right, but we're still so I was going to jump in because I wanted to talk about the 20-year, too. Oh, yeah, 2.75% on the 20-year, just $995 in cost. APR is 2.79. Well, what if we wanted to offer no loan cost? Uh, then it would be 2.875% on the 20-year, and that the APR is the same. Okay, so a lot of folks don't realize that there is a better pricing available on a 20-year fixed. Mm -hmm. And so one thing we're doing for a ton of people, you know, hey, they 
you know, have that lousy rate of three and a half percent, you know, from 2016. Yeah, or something like during that. During Brexit. So we can customize the number of years on your new mortgage uh, to any number of years you want from 10 to 30. The pricing doesn't change, however, or let me say it this way. The pricing is the same for 21 through 30. Yep. So you don't get any better pricing for a 25-year loan or a 21-year loan than you do for a 30. But all of a sudden, if you get to 20, now the pricing gets better, mm-hmm. as David just pointed out. And then the next break is when you get to 15 years. Well, a lot of people think, well, hey, boy, rates are down. Should I go to a 15-year fixed? The payment is really high on a 15-year fixed uh, compared to either a 20 or a 30. Are you cooking up it's an example? Six, on a $250,000 loan, it would be $615 more per month than to squeeze the same amount of money into a 15-year as a 30. Okay, and what about the 20? It's about uh, 300 more dollars per okay, month, so there splitting you the difference. And so a lot of people were able to put them into a 20-year and keep their payment relatively the same. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing we've been doing a lot of lately. Um, what else did I want to say about that? Rates. Yeah, rates are really low. Yeah. But uh, right now we're still uh, having a hard time just keeping up with our 21 years of past customers. And, and an early happy birthday to you, sir. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, this coming Tuesday, the yeah. 28th of July, will be the company's 21st corporate birthday. We'll go out to a bar. i got to find a picture from 1999. I had more hair. And it was darker. And it was darker. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But I also had a cheesy mustache. You and John there. both darker oh, hair. Yeah, 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 we did. Um, all right. So when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, speaking of refinances, making sure everybody understands the difference between hey, my closing costs are zero, right, versus I didn't have to bring any money to closing. There's a big difference, and I've got a really good example um, to go over with folks because I think a lot of people get confused, and they you know, get their quote from Quicken Loans or Rocket Mortgage, and they go, wow, I don't have any closing costs because I'm not bringing any money to closing. That is not the right analysis of the loan estimate. We'll give you a quick example when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, so we're just talking about the difference between how much money you bring to the closing on a refinance and what you're really spending to get the refinance done. And so I am looking at a loan estimate, which is the official government form uh, that we provide to borrowers for a longtime past customer of ours. And I really don't like the loan estimate form, as you know. (laughs) We have our own comparative tool that we think does a better job of helping people understand what's really going on. Um, and, And so when I was talking to these past customers, and we're doing actually two refinances for them, one in Wisconsin and one on on a Florida condo property and and so i pointed out okay here here's an option of 2.99 percent on a 30-year fixed refi and these folks are relatively recently retired and uh, you know that's going to drop your payment 144 bucks and we don't need an appraisal because we put it through the fannie mae super duper underwriting model and it said no appraisal needed And so I said, we will pay for your $759 of transaction costs, mm-hmm. which then consists simply of updating the title insurance for the mortgage lender, the closing, and the credit report. So truly, you are spending $0 to get this refinance. And yet, after we talked about it, they are bringing $8,446 to closing. 
This is for the Wisconsin home? Yeah, this is for the Wisconsin home. How can that possibly be? And so the kind of the flip side of this would be the guy who's actually spending $8,800 to get his refinanced, you know, with a higher cost company. The one who was blowing up the baseball game yesterday between every half inning? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. It was driving me nuts. Okay. Anyway. And, and, and yet the bar is bringing zero to close. Right. So, you, you know, kind of mm. two different scenarios here. Well, the answer is thus. So what do you have to do when you refinance? Well, you have to pay off the principal balance on the old home. Right. And in that case, this was uh, $270,000. And the interest meter keeps That's right. running. Because you're always paying interest in arrears. When you just made your August payment, you weren't paying for August's interest in advance. You were paying for July's interest in arrears. So if we go to pay off this loan, in this case on August 25th, you still owe the existing lender 25 days of interest. Mm -hmm. So in this case, that was going to be 800 bucks. Okay. And then you owe us um, a few bucks of interest for the new loan through the end of the month. From the 25th through to the 1st that's right. of the coming month. Yes. That's right. And, and so that's in lieu of your September payment because you're not going to have a September payment. What? Yeah, you're paying the interest for September. It feels uh, for, like you it, don't have a September payment. I'm sorry. You're paying the interest for August on an August closing at the closing, and then your first payment's not going to be till October. All right. Then you add the closing cost, zero. Yep. Government fees, $30 only in the state of Wisconsin, which is in stark contrast to their uh, Florida refinance, where the government fees, I'll look that up on the break, are close to two grand. Oh, okay. Okay. And no state income tax. No they state gotta, income they tax. they got to find revenue somewhere. That's right. But then here's what's causing all the money to be needed at closing. They escrow on their existing mortgage loan. Yes. And they want to escrow on the new one. They like it all for both taxes and insurance. Mm -hmm. and one so, less thing to worry about. That's right. At, at this changing of the guard, however, if, if you tell us we want to escrow on, your, on, on our new loan, we have to fund that new escrow account at the refinance closing. Yes. So that when the tax bill comes in December, we have 12 months of taxes to pay in the escrow account. But were they escrowing on their old loan? They were escrowing on their old loan, right? But not with the same servicer, mm. okay? And so that current lender where they're making their mortgage payments to, they're going to hold the money hostage until they get paid in full. Correct. And so what we have to do in this case is collect $7,631 from our clients on August uh, 25th. To fund the new account. To fund the new account. And then three, four weeks later, they're going to get a check back for almost that amount, not the same amount, because remember, they're skipping a payment right. on September 1. So they're going to get almost all that money back. And so that's what they're choosing to do. Unfortunately, your old lender doesn't play nice a lot of times with the new lender. Like, never. They hey, never pay. Can them you off. send? You know that money that you got sticking around for the escrow? Can you send that over to us now? No. 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 And and even though um, uh, with many lenders, they even if you go back to that lender, they won't slide the money over from the old loan to the new loan. Right. Okay. Because it is two different records in their database. So that's how you can have a huge difference between and, it's literally... And not want to roll it into the new loan. Well, correct. So, so these folks didn't want to inflate their mortgage. Because it also eats into your monthly savings then, well, too. Well, that is absolutely correct. But I got another example where somebody chose to do what I'm calling the stealth refinance. We Stealth cash-out refinance. We'll tell you how that works when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620 WTMJ. 
getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wecker on WTMJ. All right, I want to talk about the Stealth Cash Out Refinance, David. Yes. You're familiar with that. Of course. And so... Um, the cash-out, that's not really a cash-out. That's correct. And the, the reason is uh, for this kind of clever maneuver is that if you, as we learned on last week's show when we were talking about a client, the difference in the rate between a cash-out refinance and a regular refinance is about a half a percent. Yeah. And then you get to pay that higher half a percent on the entire loan amount, not just on the fresh money that you're taking out. So, and the reason is that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac say, oh, you know, when you take cash out, that's a higher risk. Mm -hmm. And so we demand a higher rate or higher closing costs or some combination thereof. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, I didn't say why I don't like the loan estimate. You were going to ask me about that. Why don't you like the loan estimate? Ah, because on the front page of the loan estimate, on this loan that we're talking about, the difference between the cash needed to closing and the actual closing costs, at the very bottom of page one in big type, it says, Estimated cash to close, $8,446. I have no quibble with that because it's true. Mm -hmm. But then right above that, it says estimated closing costs, $7,683 in big bull type. Wait, wait, Brian, you told me it was zero. It's like blaming us that people have property taxes. Correct. And so then you just have to read the smaller print that's not bolded right next to the big number. It says includes $759 of loan costs. Plus $7,683 in other costs, mm. which was the deposit into the escrow account, minus $759 in letter credits, lender credits. So you have to work, you know, and like look at the fine print to say, oh, yeah, $759 in loan costs minus $759 in lender credits. Oh, that equals zero. Yep. But in the meantime, their headline in big bold is closing costs. So closing costs are not the same thing as loan costs. Yes. And when you're looking at your loan estimate, you want to look on page two for the loan costs and then you also want to look in the right hand column for any lender credits it's a combination of those two numbers is what you're really paying so the government spent like millions of dollars redesigning this form five years ago yeah it's still confusing as you know what all right so on the stealth cash refi stealth out cash stealth cash out refinance uh we've got a client a new client in madison where we're i was going over numbers with her um she's a referral from a a uh, friend of mine at the at the golf course. It's his daughter. And so we were looking at, you know, what loan amount do you want to have? And she likes to escrow for taxes, just like our other client we were talking about. Sure. And so through the course of conversation, I, I was showing her on our comparative side-by-side -side tool, like, okay, you got this number here uh, that you have to bring to closing or somehow has to appear at closing, which in her case was $6,748 to fund the new tax and insurance escrow account. Right. And so as I explained to her, either you can write out a check for that, but you don't have to. We can roll it into your loan amount and then you'll get money back from your servicer. And when you get that check back, if we do increase your loan amount, mm -hmm. you can use that for whatever you want. She said, well, you know, I have been thinking about putting a half bath in my basement. Giddy up. And so then I went on to say, well, now that you mentioned that, we can actually accidentally give you up to $2,000 at closing without having to be painted with the higher rate of a cash-out refinance. This is just like an incidental rounding error. Yeah. And so when we looked at that $2,000, we can give her cash back, along with 
the check that she'd get back from her current mortgage servicer, mm-hmm. along with... Oh, okay. What, what's the third thing? A skipped payment. That's right. She doesn't have to make that payment. So in this case, we're rolling in her interest for the month of August into her new loan balance. It's like she's getting $9,500. Yep cash back without being painted with the cash out front which is not free money you no, know no, no, it, she's borrowing it. right but she wants to borrow at a reasonable it. interest rate at a very low interest rate right. she's getting it at the on sale interest rate all right so that's how you do a stealth cash out refinance is by playing off of the um old escrow account versus new escrow mm-hmm. account okay so we're you got to be got to be good at your craft to figure that out um, and the other thing we could do is we could manipulate this even further if we wanted to so that she finances two months of interest. The double missed payment. The double, yeah. And that's missed, for God's sakes. Missed. No, not yeah, required. No. Right. Not required. Skipped. All right, when we come back after the news, um, let's talk a little bit, David, about uh, Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loans because they are going to sell $100 million of stock to the yeah, public. At least. And we found out a lot of interesting details about them because when you file to sell stock, you have to tell all about your company. So we learned some very interesting facts about Quicken and Rocket Mortgage, and we're going to compare that to good old Acunet after the news. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. All right, we're back. We said we wanted to talk about the best marketing company and perhaps data mining company in America, Quicken Loans, who announced a couple weeks ago that they're going to do a public stock offering. And so that means they've got to bear their souls in all this, you know, what do you call that stuff? An S1. An S1, uh, securities listing documentation. And Which uh, the amount of numbers in here, I can only imagine how much this costs to make this oh, report. Oh, but they're going to make a gazillion. That's, oh, I you know, know. I'm just J.P. Morgan Chase and you know Goldman Sachs are all you know, going to help underwrite this thing. So anyway, one of the interesting things I found out is that you know they pay about eight and a half million dollars a year to um, for the naming rights for uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah, or to be on the arena. I'm not sure. Or is that on their jersey? Maybe both. All of the above. So, so guess who pays for that? Uh, anyone who uses them. That's right. And and now here's the other thing. Um, according to their prospectus, I guess you could call it, they spent $905 million. That is just short of a billion dollars. Sometimes I feel like that is all pointed at me. Just for the amount that I see their advertising, I feel. Correct. And you know, so in Rocket Mortgage, you know, is is what they're they're coming out. Their their new stock symbol is going to be like ROC, maybe K or something like that. And uh, but it's Rocket Companies is what they're calling the publicly traded company. And 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 believe me, they have this super slick technology, and and they are the number one lender by volume in America. Yeah. Um, they just do a crazy. They 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 take like one point eight billion dollars of loan applications a day. Yes. And have 20,000 people working for them. They are a really fantastic run machine. All right. But here's the other thing that we learned. Uh, so they they put in their prospectus this measuring stick called the net promoter score. David, do you want to explain what the net promoter score is? On a scale of 0 to 10 customer, how awesome are we? Zero to specifically 10. what? How, how, how likely, likely are, are you, you to, to refer us to a family, friend, or coworker? That's right. And if you score a nine or a ten, that person's a promoter. If you Correct. score a seven or an eight, you're indifferent. If you score zero to six, you're a detractor. 
So the net promoter score takes the... Promoters minus the detractors as a percentage of their response. Okay, that's right. It gives and you so, a score. So if you had, you know, like, I don't know, 90% of your people said 9s and 10s, oh, this won't even work out. If you had 80%, no, if you had 86% of your people said you're a 9 or 10, yeah. I'm really going to... And then another 12% said... I wouldn't recommend you to my worst enemy or whatever. You're it, zero to six. Yeah. You'd have a net promoter score of 74. Indeed. So, right, all your promoters minus your detractors. And that happens to be the number for Quicken Loans. Wait, 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 wait. I thought they're number one for the J.D. Power Bribery Award for Best David, in Service. That, stop it. No? Okay. The J.D. Power Customer Satisfaction, you know, yeah. they're number one in the nation. So right. only the largest mortgage companies can participate in that. We are far too small. But yeah. but apparently now we know what number one is because in 2019 that was a net promoter score of 70 at Brookfield Central a 74 back in the day would get you like a D maybe okay. like a D plus so now Acunet little old Acunet we started participating in a not JD Power but the next best thing that we could find yeah. which is a uh, mortgage SAT is what it's called the mortgage SAT survey. And so we participate and send out to our borrowers the same survey as 32 other mortgage companies, most of whom are bigger than we are. Way the vast more, I think we're 25th largest out of the 32 oh, participating okay. in this group survey. And so we just got our numbers back for the first quarter, uh, uh, no, second quarter, mm -hmm. so that's uh, April, May, and June. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say that our chief com uh, chief client experience officer, David Wickert, and all of our team members landed us in first place. We're number one. And David, what is our net promoter score? Do you have that handy? 91. 91. That's right. So 97% of our clients uh, say they would recommend us yeah. to a friend, neighbor, or coworker. Yeah. But that's our score, 97 so that must mean that 6% weren't that crazy about us. So yeah. we get a 91 net promoter score. How does that compare to a Rocket Mortgage? Uh, that is more. 74 is their score as produced in their um, you know, prospectus. Yeah. And then on top of that, our loan costs are typically three to $4,000 oh, lower, maybe five. Higher, yeah. For exactly the same rate. So they are you know, getting a lot of Americans to click on their button and and enjoy the technology mm. and apparently they don't care about the price so what we're saying is little old acunet here headquartered in waukesha wisconsin we're delivering a better thing yeah. you know we get higher satisfaction at a lower cost that is called a better deal all right that's what we do every day at acunet mortgage when we come back let's talk about another couple of headlines this one is june new home sales surge to highest in almost 13 years how good or bad is that, along with existing home sales for the month of June? When we come back, you're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, we got two headlines from the week in, you know, kind of like home and mortgage world. They should call us headline busters. Headline busters. Bum, bum, like bum, bum, busters. Bum, bum. Okay, so the one is a June new home sales surge to highest in almost 13 years. The other one is existing home sales climb a record 20.7% in June. Which one do you want to do first? Uh, the, the 
the second one. Okay. Because existing home compared shows. to what? That's right, David. You're catching right on yep. there. Uh, my journalism degree from UWM is paying Come off. Come on, I went everything. to the J school too. Right, anyway. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, in Minnesota. Yeah. All right, so this is according to the National Association of Realtors. And of course, David just said compared to what? And the answer is compared to May when the numbers were in the total dumper. Yeah. So of course it's like you've risen from the dead. It's like I went running one time in May. You're and then in June percent. I ran ten times. Yeah. Like, All right. So the year to date number is more important, yeah. I think. Through the end of June, existing home sales were down 11.3% nationwide. Year over year? Yeah, compared okay. to 2019. In Wisconsin, do you think we did better or worse than that? Uh, worse. Well, you negative Nancy. In Wisconsin, home sales are down just 4.9% hmm. uh, compared to this first six months of 2019. Okay. Uh, median sales price nationwide, 295300 295300 That's up 3.5% from a year earlier. And that's not that much different between the new uh, median sales price number that just came out at three twenty nine, by the way. But remember, all these numbers include really high cost areas, like, yeah, like Seattle and California and the like. Now, this is not going to be a surprise. Inventory remains eighteen percent lower nationwide than in June twenty nineteen. Uh, but I was surprised at this. According to the national numbers, there's a four month supply of homes compared to four point three. Uh, in Wisconsin, the WRA reports that listings were down 23% in June. So our listing wow. situation is worse, but our sales are better. Number of days it took to get an offer nationwide, 24 days, with 62% of the homes getting an offer in less than a month nationwide. Yep. And the other interesting thing I thought, and it's going to change, is that only 3% of sales in June were from foreclosures or short sales, compared to 2%. A year ago in June. Uh, I mean, we still have like eight months left of the CARES Act if people jumped on that right away That's for true. forbearance. That's I mean, true. Like, so you're yeah. right. It's going to be a while. Yeah. And, and hopefully, again, that's the whole point of the CARES Act was to give people the oxygen to either find a new job or figure out a way to make their mortgage payment and or sell in a non-distressed way. Good point. So over on the new home sales... Highest in 13 years, and and then it went on to say uh, annual pace of home sales in the month of June was 776,000. That's a 13.8% increase from May, again, comparing to the worst you know month, month in a long time. Yep. So it sounds precise, 13.8%. But remember, this is the data series produced by the Census Bureau, where the margin of error, they have a 90% confidence, David, that the real number is somewhere between a 4% drop in new home sales and a 30% increase. That's their 90% confidence level. But they're saying 13.8. Like wow. it's a real number that they know. Yeah, uh, I disagree with that. In uh, I did a little search on Zillow for new construction homes in Waukesha County, and I got 251 results. However, 132 were for single-family detached. The other 119 were for condos, you know, or twin dominiums or whatever. So let's say, hey, I want to buy new construction in Waukesha County. Great. You have 132 homes to pick from. So these would be called spec homes. If you wanted to buy and not build, yeah. If you wanted to buy a newly constructed mm -hmm, house, okay. Mm -hmm. um, the low price range on that was three seventy-nine nine. Okay. Whew. Yeah. And the high was $1.375 million. 
Washington County had a whopping 43 new construction homes for sale. Milwaukee County, 31. Ozaki, 46. Where? Franklin? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, you can you can repeat that. But uh, Ozaki County only had 46 newly constructed homes to pick from. One as low as 274,000 in uh, Belgium. <laughs> and then Racine had 36. So new construction homes were... You're not custom building the home or like, ah, I'm, you know what? I want to either look at that five-year-old home or that 10-year-old home. What about a new home? The new home is super rare. Well, it's not the lifeblood of the Milwaukee market. Correct. So the point is that these numbers that come out from the Census Bureau, when you hear that, 776,000, those are mostly large national builders, Toll Brothers, Centex, um, where where you're looking at a big 500 house development somewhere in Scottsdale or Phoenix where you have five four plans and three facades and which variation do you want so that thing just doesn't really exist in southeastern Wisconsin to any large extent all right when we come back um, let's talk about the impact of the $600 per week uh, unemployment benefit that is in jeopardy right now and how that's going to impact renters you're listening to the academic mortgage and realty show on AM 620 WTMJ getting you through the home buying process. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. So I was cruising around the internet this morning, David, looking for interesting topics, and I came across some research and analysis by Zillow's economic department. I mean, they're a big company, publicly yeah. traded, and they have real economists and a whole darn department. And this has to do with kind of this idea, cross-section of forbearance, which and financial hardship and the COVID pandemic and all that. And so kind of the hot item in the news is to what extent is Congress going to extend the $600 per week federal corona pandemic unemployment insurance? So normally if you're unemployed, you only get state unemployment insurance. But since the CARES Act was passed, uh, you can get an extra $600 uh, a week, which is a lot more than the state uh, unemployment insurance. And um, so, so what Zillow did is they looked at renters. Okay, so we're always thinking about homeowners, but you know who first-time homebuyers come from? Renters. Renters. That's right. So renting does have an impact on us. Um, and what they did was they looked at what percentage of renters in each metropolitan area um, would be severely housing burdened, with as a with, percentage of their income. Correct. So severely housing burdened is defined by HUD oh. as a household that spends 50% or more of their income on their either rent or mortgage payment. Yeah. And we know from our work with Milwaukee Habitat for Humanity that in the city of Milwaukee, one out of three renters are already severely housing burdened. Sometimes okay. up to 60 or 70% of their super, income is going exactly. to their rent payment. That's right. And, and so um, the bottom line is that if you look at it nationwide, um, San Jose, this is with the $600 monthly benefit, San Jose, San Francisco, and San Diego lead, which is not surprising, yeah. right? Because rent is so high. 167 13%, and 11% of people are severely housing burdened even with the $600 juice a week if they were unemployed. Yeah. Milwaukee is only at 1.4% if you're getting the $600 a week plus the state. Okay. But without the $600, Milwaukee jumps up to 56% of renters who were, you know, unemployed. 
would then be on uh, in, in that severely rent burden category. Fifty. We're only behind New Orleans, Miami, and Memphis. Sixty-four, fifty-nine, and fifty-eight. Without the six hundred bucks a week. Correct. So clearly, you know, if you are a lower income renter and you're having, you know, a hard time, you know, because you lost your job, right? or your hours have been cut, even. Correct. Uh, you know, that federal assistance is, this just points out how important it is to the neediest of households. And I'm, I think they're going to do something. It's probably not going to be the $600, yeah. but it's going to be Don't something. hold your breath, but yeah, maybe. You know, uh, Peggy Noonan, who I like to read, you know, made the point that sometimes with this pandemic, people say, we're all in the same boat. We are not in the same boat. We may be in the same ocean called yeah. the pandemic. But some of us are in yachts, like those of us who are working in the mortgage industry, where we're busy as all get out. Yeah. You know, we have not been impacted one iota in terms of our business and employment. But then there are others who are super severely impacted yeah. uh, by that. Hey, we got a nice uh, compliment here. Uh, Mike from West Bend texted us and said, Good morning, guys. I listen to your show almost every week, and my better half and I are refinancing with Acunet Mortgage for a third time. We use you guys for our initial mortgage and refinancing, and we're using you now for a third time to refi our home. They're extremely satisfied with their loan officer, your your uh, brother-in-law, my son-in-law, Tim Holdman. And we're, he says they were easy to use, keep us completely in the loop on the process and where we are in the process. Even though you guys are super busy now, our, the Acuna team gets back very quickly with answers to questions and clarifications. So he says we deserve our high rating. Thanks for listening to the show, Mike. And Suzanne from West Bend, and for being our repeat clients. Uh, and so, if if you're not an existing Acunet client, you are welcome to click on the blue button at Acunet.com. And what's your rough estimate for when we can get back to a new customer, David? Is it going to be a couple of weeks yet? Yes. All right. So we apologize in advance for this is the uh, this is why the the blessings of being in business for 21 years cuts both ways. Because yeah, we, at, a we do, at a time like this. So yeah. if you can be patient. Um, I have no expect. I mean, I, I should already own several islands in the Caribbean if I can predict where rates oh, yeah. will go. But yeah. I have no expectation, and I don't think you do either, that rates are going to be moving up substantially in any meaningful no. way. The only things that I think would make interest rates move sharply upward are... Uh, our capacity, industry capacity, and we did see this happen in March. Yes. Right? We saw, hey, we're just, the whole industry was overwhelmed with the crush of business in that first week of March. And so we saw pricing deteriorate for that it, reason only. It went up a full percent in seven days. Well, but that was a different reason. Well, that was market. But that was a capacity, anyway. No, 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 no. That was a market dysfunctionality. Um, yeah, you know, because nobody wanted to buy mortgage backed securities. Yes. So okay. David retracts that remark. All right. All right. But, um, the rates should stay low, and all the smart people like Zillow and Fannie Mae are predicting that as well. So if you can be patient, we'd love to help you. Um, experience that 91% net promoter score. i got to figure out how to get that other 9% that's left over on the net promoter score. Well, you know, there's some people are just tough graders. I guess so. You know, yeah. and, and so it's all good. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. You've been listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.